Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back. The 49er Access Podcast is back. The NFL Combine is a few days away and we have our sights headed towards the 2024-2025 NFL season. And we're still getting over last year, but here comes the offseason. There is no time to stop and, and be remorseful and sit back and just, you know, in the loss that was the Super Bowl, we have to put our sights towards the NFL offseason, and it's coming faster than ever. Again, the Combines this week, and the San Francisco 49ers are inching closer to hiring their new defensive coordinator. My name is Sterling Bennett. This is the 49er Access Podcast, and we have some news that came out today. Going to talk about the new DC job, who's going to get that, who's already interviewed for that, and many of you want Bill Belichick. Is he a candidate? We shall see. And we're going to dive into this Brandon Ayuk saga and how I think it's going to play out. Um, I think it's straightforward, but many people just have very different opinions than myself out there on Twitter or X and on social media. So without further ado, let's dive into the news that came out today. The San Francisco 49ers have completed an interview with former Los Angeles Chargers head coach Brandon Staley and defensive pass game coordinator Nick Sorensen for their new defensive coordinator job, all per Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports. They also plan to interview Daniel Bullock's uh, later this week. So we know now three candidates for San Francisco's defensive coordinator job, uh, Bullock's, Staley, and Sorensen. Uh, Daniel Bullock's and Nick Sorensen both already in the building, already know Kyle Shanahan, how he operates, and I think Sorensen probably is the in-house favorite to get the job. Then there's Brandon Staley. Uh, I know many fans hear that name and say, he was awful in Los Angeles with the Chargers. He was a horrible head coach. He gave up 70-plus points to the Raiders. Keep him away from the red and gold. And to that I say, I don't want you to forget everything that Brandon Steely did as a head coach because that's on his resume, right? But I do want to almost nudge in the opposite direction of Look at what he did for the Rams in 2020 when he had, what, a top two defense in football. He's one of the best defenses in the entire league with Brandon Staley at the helm. And I do think for the Chargers, look, Brandon Staley has never had a healthy defense and the defense that really has had complete stars like San Francisco has in L.A. with the Chargers, he would have, what, Derwin James, who was not healthy a lot. Joey Bosa, who just wasn't that healthy. 
Khalil Mack, who was good last year, but just things didn't come together. And yes, Staley does hold some of that responsibility, but the Chargers' issues were more so of how they constructed that team, how they drafted over Brandon Staley being an awful defensive coordinator. Yes, 70 points against the Raiders isn't pretty, but by that time, his job was already lost. They were spiraling. I believe Justin Herbert already got hurt, so there, there really wasn't much to salvage last year uh, for Brandon Staley. And some guys, look, just are not built to be head coaches. Steve Spagnuolo, who we have lost to twice in the Super Bowl, won one with the Giants as their DC left to go coach the Rams, was atrocious, had to recalibrate his entire career, got fired, found his way to Kansas City, and is now known as one of the greatest DCs ever, and has won three Super Bowls. As a defensive coordinator, some guys just aren't built to be the head coach. Many of you out there don't think Kyle Shanahan is built to be the head coach. Many of you say, go be the OC, don't be the head coach. Many of you say, just be a head coach and don't be the OC. It's hard. It is a ton of responsibility to be a head coach in the NFL, and some guys, like Brandon Staley, just are not made for those jobs. But it doesn't mean they aren't capable of being a coordinator. You can like, There are limits to your ceiling sometimes. Whatever job you're at, maybe you're an assistant manager. Maybe you can be the manager. Maybe you can own the entire store and own a franchise. In this case, same thing. Maybe you can be an OC. Maybe you can be a DC. Maybe you just want to be a defensive line coach. Guys just aren't built to be the guy. And Brandon Staley, I think, has shown when he's not the head coach, like with the Rams, he can operate a really strong Rams defense. We have Daniel Barry in the comments saying, yo, what's going on? Daniel, hope you're having a wonderful what, Monday night, 7 p.m. on the West Coast. Uh, we're talking Niners here. Brandon Staley again amongst two other people, Nick Sorensen and Daniel Bullocks, uh, who are going to be or have already been interviewed by San Francisco uh, this week for their vacant defensive coordinator job. Now, I know many of you don't like Brandon Staley. Okay, whatever. I think Staley, and I said it two weeks ago, I think he's the guy that's going to get this job if it's an out-of-house option, right? If you're going to bring somebody else in, Brandon Steele makes a ton of sense. There's the McVay connection. Shanahan could talk to Sean about it. You also get Nick Bosa talking to Joey Bosa, how he operated that defense with the Chargers. Uh, a lot of communication can be had. And I believe Shanahan and Brandon Staley also share an agent. So it's not like they're unfamiliar with each other. They've coached against each other. Staley's defense held the Niners offense to like 22 points in prime time, if not less than that, I believe, what, two years ago now. Like, they've seen each other up close and personal, and Staley has fared pretty well against Kyle Shanahan in the past. So I do think Staley gets the job, but that isn't to say there isn't more news that happened today, because yes, Staley, Bullocks, and Sorensen interviewed for the job, but... Shanahan also told Matt Miyoko that there are two other coaches he did not want to name 
that were outside candidates being considered for the position. Now, when you hear that, two unknown secret candidates, I'm sure your mind goes to Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick, who else could it be? Um, I'm here to tell you now I have a hard time believing <laughs> that Bill Belichick will be this team's defensive coordinator. Now, I get the prospects of getting Bill Belichick, the pedigree, the history, one of the, if not the greatest coach of all time. He's won, what, six freaking Super Bowls for a reason. When Brady wasn't Brady just yet, it was that defense in New England, right? And when Brady was Brady, that defense was still really good in New England. I just have a hard time believing that an outside candidate who's sworn in secrecy, Shanahan won't reveal is Bill Belichick, going to essentially demote himself to D.C. and take over a job all the way across the country in San Francisco, or I guess in Santa Clara. Um, Bill Belichick's not going to answer to anybody. The reason why he didn't get the Falcons job, okay? The Falcons wanted to hire Bill Belichick. The reason why he did not get the job and they chose Raheem Morris, because Bill Belichick wanted to bring in all of his assistants, all of his coaches wanted to have complete and utter control of the franchise. Do you think Kyle Shanahan's going to give Brandon or give Bill Belichick complete and utter control of the franchise? No. John Lynch ain't leaving and Shanahan being the stubborn, just has his hands in everything kind of person, being the head coach, being the OC, borderline being a scout himself. He's not going to let Belichick take any of that over. Like, I know that's a secret candidate. Who could it be? Who would, it's a mystery. Call Mystery Inc. Call Scooby-Doo. Figure out who this is. I have a hard time believing it's Bill Belichick. Uh, Mike Vrabel makes a lot more sense, albeit why would he want the job as well? Um, I like Mike Vrabel. I think he'd be a great hire, but um, there are some things that you may want to push back against. He's a 3-4 guy. Uh, Shanahan's probably not going to want to change from a 4-3 system. I'll be he's open to it. Probably not going to happen. Um, the more we kind of dove into who could replace Steve Wilkes, uh, the more we've kind of questioned as to, okay, Shanahan took a big swing, made a big change, right, from Solon and Ryan's similar systems to Steve Wilkes, similar in ways, but very different in others. Um... I don't think Shanahan wants to dive back into the unknown of, is this going to work? He wants to go back to the well and figure out, hey, we had Ryans, we had Sala. Those defenses were top five in many places, including run defense. Had you had a good running game against Kansas City, you didn't blitz as much, maybe you win that game. Who knows? I just think Shanahan's not going to want to change too much. That's Brandon Staley. But when you talk about the two unknown secret candidates there is a caveat to at least one of them okay so at this moment there's going to be at least five candidates for the job brandon staley nick Sorensen, and daniel bullocks okay but according to the rooney rule you have to interview two minority candidates for the job okay daniel bullocks is one of them now, we have no idea who else they've talked to, but you have to assume if it's only five people, one of the remaining mystery candidates has to be a minority. 
one of those could still be Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel. Who knows? I would like to think, and this is an assumption here, that Titans defensive back coach Chris Harris, who almost got the job pre-Steve Wilkes, I think he is going to be someone we end up hearing interviewed again for the job, for the vacancy. Um, that would fill the Rooney Rule need, albeit that isn't a checkbox they're trying to make purposely to not get in trouble. Uh, that's not in Shanahan and, and Lynch's you know way of thinking, but you have to think, okay, if we, if we know four of them, being Staley, Bullocks, and Sorensen, another minority coach, then that leaves one mystery person, right? That, 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 that leaves one... You can rule out a lot of people if one of those guys has to be a minority. Now, I don't know who that is. I have no idea. I think it's Chris Harris. There's familiarity there. Uh, there's plenty of people that make a lot of sense for this job. It's not Belichick, though. I, I, I am so tired of hearing people on Twitter and X, and I get why it happens, but... Oh, go out and get Bill Belichick. Uh, go out there and get, you know, Emperor Palpatine himself. Bring him in here. Make him the assistant head coach. All that stuff. Um, you even heard names like Pete Carroll. Now, Pete Carroll makes a lot more sense than Bill Belichick. Because Seattle essentially pushed Carroll out. Carroll's also coached here. It's the West Coast. And I do think that he'd be more open to that job uh, rather than Belichick. Like, again, you're asking egotistical people to humble themselves when Carol and Belichick have coached for 10-plus years. Head coached for 10-plus years. Both those guys have won Super Bowls. Been to what? I think, like, 11 in between them? Like, it's going to be a hard ask to say, Hey, Pete. Hey, Bill. Would you humble yourself and answer to somebody else? I wouldn't be surprised if it was Carroll between him and Belichick, but let's be honest here, guys. Do you actually want Pete Carroll here? Do you actually want Bill Belichick here? Maybe the answer is yes, and I'm just nuts. But when I look at what San Francisco wants to do defensively, like, I'd rather go hire Jeff Ulbrich from the Jets, right? It makes a ton of sense. It's It's... It's a lateral move over or, a, a, you know, he's already a DC with the Jets. Bring him over here. He's from San Jose. He played in San Francisco. It would make sense for him. I don't know if the Jets would want to allow him to interview for the job, knowing it's a very similar position. Usually you let guys interview for a job higher than what they currently have. That's not Jeff Ulbrich. If it is, that's great. Done a tremendous job. With the Jets, I just think that where San Francisco's at, it's going to simply be Staley or an in-house guy. And by the looks of it, it feels like it's Brandon Staley. Now, again, two mystery options we will certainly see, but I have a hard time believing that Shanahan's not going to want to move himself back to a much more familiar coaching style, coaching scheme, and a player like Brandon Staley, who just lost his job, just got fired from his head coaching job, he's in a place where he has to kind of remake or kind of retool his image. You got fired. You mishandled Justin Herbert. Demote yourself, then work your way back up. What better opportunity for Staley in San Francisco? You get your DC, 
similar system, knows how these guys play, and would have the most star-studded and healthy defense he's ever had when he's shown to if guys can just stay healthy with much worse, get a lot more out of those guys in a year where you're not going to have Dre, Green, uh, Dre Greenlaw for a portion of the season. You have no edge rushers outside of Nick Bosa right now and an injured Drake Jackson. You want to revitalize your run defense with a lot of young linebackers like Brandon Steely makes sense for San Francisco, and in return, San Francisco makes sense for Brandon Staley. You've seen Ryan's leave. You've seen Sala leave. You've seen this coaching staff have so many assistants poached, whether it's Clint Kubiak, Anthony Lynn, Ryan's, Sala, many others, Mike McDaniel, uh, so many, Bobby Slowick. Why not put yourself in a position? You don't have to move your family from LA to, to Northern California. It's an hour flight. It's not that long. It's a six hour drive. It's not that long. Stay on the West Coast and become the defensive coordinator for arguably the most stacked defense in the entire NFL with stars everywhere. With the likelihood being if you succeed, which you should, you're going to get an opportunity elsewhere again in a year or two it makes the most sense to hire Brandon Staley and it makes the most sense for Brandon Staley to want to be in San Francisco he runs a Fangio style defense Shanahan has wanted that for a long time he knows the Bosa's it's not going to get so far out of the box where you have Kyle throwing Steve Wilkes under the bus in middle of the season it's not going to happen with Staley. Staley's a guy who's going to stay in his lane, not push buttons, know his role. And if you're The Rock, and I'm a big Rock fan, you got to know your role and shut your mouth. That will be Brandon Staley. He will know his role. You're the DC. You're not the head coach. Coach Warner, Coach Bosa, and stay in your lane. There's not going to be a butting of heads. There'll be a collaborative effort, and Staley will know Shanahan is driving this ship. Do not speak unless you're spoken to. That's not Bill Belichick. That's not Pete Carroll. It's an in-house guy, Sorensen, Bullocks, or Staley. It's not a Mike Vrabel. Like, it's going to be, I think, one of those three guys, and I am leaning so far Staley, I think I put money on it. <laughs> I really think I put money on it right now. Um, but look... But look I'm, I, I just see all these Instagram posts and these X posts, these Twitter posts, whatever they are. And like everyone is so infatuated with Belichick and people are so against Brandon Staley. Don't criticize Staley's GM, his scouting of players, his player personnel relationships, his offensive out, you know, outcome when he's coaching the defense. That's not on him. Um, or at least it doesn't have anything to do with how he coaches a defense. You can be an awful drafter, but a great coach. There are plenty of teams like that, plenty of coaches like that. That's Brandon Staley. You don't have to exactly always pick his guy. And it's not like Shanahan hasn't gone to a Super Bowl in which the defensive coordinator had the team sign his guys. They just cut Oliver a couple weeks ago, and they got to where they want to be. And I can argue. 
and I don't think it's even close, that Brandon Staley is a much better DC than Steve Wilkes. And I liked Steve Wilkes. They were good a lot of the year. Some issues definitely flared up here or there, but overall it was a fine year. It wasn't great, but it was fine, right? I do think if you're San Francisco, you have to get a guy that got, what, six sacks out of Ebukam, who wasn't much. The Rams, go look at that 2020 roster for the Rams. Not much there. They have Donald still, obviously, but there's not much there. You're like, oh my God, like, this guy was coaching this team? Man. Like, I think people need to actually look at Brandon Staley for who he is. For who he is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Not a great head coach, but a good enough, a good enough DC. Like Bobo says here, and Bobo, you're always here. Thank you for watching and listening. Brandon Staley's been in some catastrophic Charger defensive failures. You're right. You're right. There's no excuses for how his defense has played against 70 points against the Raiders. But that defense has been injured. All their stars are out. And when you don't draft well, you don't have good depth. What has San Francisco always seemed to find? Healthy stars. Fred ain't missing time. Bose ain't missing time. Mooney Ward's not missing time. Lenore's not missing time. Hargrave and Armstead, even if they get hurt, still elite-level players who play the majority of the season, right? Then you have the stars in place, and you also have the depth behind them and it's not like Staley is going to be drafting. It's not going to happen. He may have one guy here or there. So what? You missed on one pick out of 11. Oops. You still got nine other guys on defense that are good and great. Right? Like, I get it. The, the Chargers stuff scares people. I understand that. The Jaguars game in the playoffs. Oh my God. Awful head coaching. Awful head coaching. That's not going to be his position here. It's not going to be his position here. Shanahan with the, with the Falcons. Everyone points to Shanahan blowing that lead against the Patriots. He was not calling defensive plays. And it doesn't mean the offense didn't have its faults. Of course it did. Dan Quinn's defense gave up 25 points in the second half. That's not on Kyle Shanahan. Like... Nobody seems to blame Kellen Moore for the collapse against the Jaguars. He got a job with the, the Eagles real quick, right? If you're going to blame, and look, it doesn't mean they're without blame, but it's not like Brandon Staley is going to be up next to Kyle shoulder and shoulder. It's not going to happen. It's Kyle on camera, it's Kyle and Brandon Staley all the way down here. Like, it is abundantly clear. Like, Kyle was in those meetings with Steve Wilkes last year, preparing the team 
for their opponents. Yeah, it's not going to happen with Staley. Of course it is. Now, I think Staley, because his system is familiar to Kyle, he knows Kyle, he's wanted someone like Fangio, like Staley, for a long time. I do think that it'll give Kyle, make that leash longer for Kyle on Brandon Staley compared to Steve Wilkes. Like, Steve Wilkes was a risk, he was a DB coach, and coach in Carolina when it wasn't really that similar to what they've run the past few years. Staley, much more familiar with Kyle. Like, Kyle, Kyle never wanted a Steve Wilkes guy. He took a swing, and he missed. Now he's going to go back into the on-deck circle, take a breath, retweak his swing, and find something much more comfortable. That's a Brandon Staley type of guy, where he's not going to challenge Kyle too much, he'll be his yes-man, and he'll do what he wants. But also... He's a good enough DC to put guys in positions to succeed. There's a reason why when the article comes out saying Nick Sorensen and Daniel Bullocks and two mystery candidates have interviewed for that job, there's a reason why the first name is Brandon Staley because he's the favorite for the job. Like, I know he's the biggest name of those people. They could have easily used a Belichick photo could have easily used a Mike Brabel photo. Like, I went to college, journalism degree. I know people want clicks. I'm not saying Mayoko wants this. I'm just saying that if you want to get people's attention, you're putting Bill Belichick's name and you're putting Bill Belichick's photo on that story. They didn't do that. It was Brandon Staley. I think he's, he, I think he'll be the biggest name even attached to this job. You have to think, guys. They've waited so long because they were in the playoffs, which, that's good. But they missed Black Monday. They missed all the firings and the rehirings. They missed the prime candidates for the job. Brandon Staley's name is so tainted because of that Chargers job. He has to remake his image. There's a reason why he's a leftover. But I think he's the best leftover there is. And Bobo, I already answered this earlier with Jeff Ulbrich. I have a hard time believing that the Jets are going to let him interview for a job he currently already has. He's their DC. Why would you let him leave to go to an NFC West opponent to be their DC? If it was a head coaching job, that's different. It's not. I have a hard time believing they would not block that. It's like a Evero for the Panthers. They're not going to let him leave for another DC job. He could. Ulbrich could and say, look, I'm out. I quit. And then go somewhere else, right? That could happen. But the team isn't going to allow him to interview. Maybe they are, but it's so unlikely it actually happens. Okay, that's enough for the DC stuff. Um, I think it's going to be Brandon Staley. We're going to find out this week. It's going to happen this week, whether it's Staley or not, I think it is, but it's gonna happen this week. NFL Combine starts later this week, I think on Thursday or Friday. They gotta have the guy in the building by then. Shanahan's not going to the Combine, just like last year. No coaches are going. I'm sure scouts are. That's fine. Shanahan wants to get the coaches up to speed during this time, okay? They're not going to the Combine. They want those guys in the building, grinding tape, doing interviews, talking to prospects, doing scouting in-house. 
not at the Combine. Brandon Staley, I think, whoever this is, Nick Sorensen, Daniel Bullock's the mystery guy, is going to be hired this week. Shanahan said it himself on KNBR, it's going to happen this week. And if it wasn't going to happen this week, that's a disaster. It has to happen this week. You cannot go into the Combine, which, let's be honest here, the NFL Combine might be one of the most pointless things I've ever seen. Oh, this guy runs fast. Who cares? I want to see you on game day. You can run fast in a straight line. Cool, John Ross. Are you fast in games? Debo Samuel isn't the fastest guy. He's not going to wow you at the combine. but will wow you on the field. There are plenty of players that, you know, like one of the biggest combines or one of the biggest uh, risers usually are players who are unknown that can put up these crazy numbers. These, these like Southern Miss guys, these D2, you know, unknown D1 schools from like Utah Tech of Albany, whatever these schools are, right? SMU. Wow, this guy ran a 4-2. That's crazy. He's really fast. That one guy that can kind of attach his name to whether a fast 40 time, a great 10-yard split, an, an, an old lineman that has like 45 reps on the bench press. Like, that's crazy. He's super strong. Wow. Other than that, like, why, why would I watch the combine? I'd rather watch tape. I'd rather watch game film. I'd rather be in the room talking to these players, not watching you in workout clothes jog, catch a football. It doesn't matter to me. There's no one guarding you. No one in front of you. I can't tell, like, why do fans care about the Combine? It's a waste of time. It really is a waste of time unless you're someone trying to raise your stock and you have that one thing to cling to. You're really fast. Oh, you can run quick. Who cares? Unless you're that guy, who cares, right? Other than that, there's, I don't know, there's seven rounds, 32 picks, like 200 players, 300 players here that... Coaches aren't like, that guy had a poor combine, not gonna pick him. Like, Reuben Foster fought a freaking medical professional at the combine, and San Francisco still drafted him. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it really does not matter. Like, unless you're injured and want to prove you're healthy, do it at your pro day. Pro days are much better than the combine. Like, I, like, when San Francisco was going to draft the quarterback in 2021. Trey Lance, Fields, Mac Jones. The combine was there for everyone to see. I did not take into account the combine when looking at a quarterback. Look how that guy throws against air. Cool. There's no defender, no offensive line, no pressure, no inconsistent receiver. Who cares? <laughs> like, wow cool <laughs> doesn't matter free agency matters your game film matters your game tape matters your pro day matters not the combine like everyone's like well the combines this week it's so important there's a reason why half the coaches aren't going the rams aren't going shanahan's not going a handful of other coaches are not it's, it's not important anymore you can sit in a room with six of your coaches and say watch this guy and they'll watch 10 games of film of the guy and get a much better idea as to how this guy's going to play in their system. 
You don't get that at the combine. <laughs> fucking, where the guys are wearing basically underwear with the butt crack showing when they're running the 40 time. Who cares? It's not important. It's not important. Uh, Bobo asks a question here, non-combine related. Do you believe if Kyle doesn't win the Super Bowl or performs poorly in the playoffs next season, he'll get fired? No. No. Shanahan is not going to get fired. Um, this isn't like a Harbaugh where, you know, they're just, York and Harbaugh are kind of butting heads constantly, um, where an 8-8 eight and eight season kind of spells doom for Kyle. Um, this team went to a Super Bowl. Everybody got hurt. Traded it up for Trey Lance, who ended up being a bust here. And Kyle still has a job. If you keep winning games. Now, going to the playoffs, is it good enough anymore? Not for us. But it's good for Jed York's pocketbook. <laughs> it's good for the team's pocketbook and their finances. If they continue to go to the playoffs, they are going to keep Kyle here forever until fans go crazy and they're like, we're going to burn the place down if, if you don't get rid of him. Like, Marvin Lewis lasted over a decade in Cincinnati. Why? Now, it's Cincy. I, I, I get that. You know, People don't want to coach in Cincy. I, I get that. But they were winning. They were successful. And financially, it was beneficial to the team. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. Now, he's won a Super Bowl, and I get that. They haven't won a playoff game in like five years. They don't lose, though. They're successful. It brings the Roonies money. It brings that organization financial success. When you have coaches like that, you don't fire them. Why do you think the Raiders have fired, like, 17 head coaches in, like, 20 years? They can't find one guy to bring them record success, playoff success, which leads to financial success. They made mistakes along the way, but they fired big-name coaches. They, they fired Basaccia, and they went to a playoff game. Derek Carr broke his leg. They lose to the Texans, and I think Del Rio got fired the next year. Like, it, the Raiders are the epitome of when you don't find a successful head coach even if you don't win the big one, like Shanahan can't do, you're going to keep that guy around because they're so hard to come by. Teams like the Raiders, teams like the Cardinals, teams like the Lions, teams like the Vikings for a long period of time when I was younger in the early 2000s, right? Terrace Jackson and Sade Rosenfels and Gus Farad, right? Teams like Washington. They're looking for the head coach because they can't find sustained success like San Francisco has. There's a reason why those teams fire their head coach. You have Kyle, you keep winning, at least going to the playoffs, you're not firing him. York is not firing him. This is the most successful stretch of Jed York's CEO tenure in San Francisco. You lost the big one twice, it stinks, but you've been to it twice... You've been to NFC Championship games in between that, and the fan base has arguably never been more in tune with the team. Your finances have never been better than right now. <laughs> like, you are, outside of Kansas City, the premier team in the NFL. It's Chiefs because they keep winning, then San Francisco. 
Like other fan bases now hate you because you're so successful. Philadelphia, the Rams, Seattle, Dallas, there's rivalries there and I get that, but you are now in the upper echelon and have been for a long time, but you are now the number two in the NFL. It's Kansas City and you. There's only been one team that's been more successful than San Francisco and it's Kansas City. Like San Francisco is the number two team organization in the NFL currently. York is not firing Kyle. It sucks to not win. Bubble, I get it. It sucks to not win. But if they keep winning, at least getting into the playoffs, they're not firing Kyle. Anyways, got sidetracked there. Bobo, you're awesome. Thank you for always listening and watching. But I want to talk about Brandon Ayuk. Because every single time I turn around, it's trade him. Trade him away here. What can San Francisco get for Brandon Ayuk? Is it a first-round pick, a second-round pick? Could it be a plethora of picks? What team might be the best destination for Brandon Ayuk if he's traded? I'm so tired of hearing that. San Francisco is not trading Brandon Ayuk. It's not happening, unless one of two things occur, which could happen, but it's not likely. The first thing is, they can't afford to pay him. Now, let me ask you this, and I love, I love Brandon Ayuk. He is Brock Purdy's number one target. Brandon Ayuk is scheduled to make 14, roughly $14 million on his fifth-year option. One, San Francisco is not going to pay him that much money on his fifth-year option. That's a gigantic cap hit. They will save money if they extend him. San Francisco, like, one of the biggest things, the reasonings behind trading Brandon Ayuk is the money is so bad that they have to move off of him to salvage their financial situation. No! You extend him to whatever money it is, I don't care what it is, I think it'll be lower than Debo Samuel's 24 you know, per, per year contract. It's not going to be $24 million dollars It'll probably be a Chris Godwin $20 million, okay? You're paying him $20 million per year, right? Let's say it's a five-year, $100 million contract. Do you really think San Francisco is going to pay $20 million a year on average for Ayuk? Probably, even if they do. That first year's cap hit's going to be like $8 million. It's not going to be fourteen. Like, Debo Samuel's first year in his new contract, $8 million cap hit. <laughs> San Francisco literally saves money by extending Brandon Ayuk. So the whole, they have to save money. They have to save money. They will literally save money retaining one of their best players. And Eldon M. Paul Sr. here says, five years, 122.5. Eldon Paul Thank you for your comment. Even if it is 122.5, that's actually a good number there. Even if it is, guess what? They're still going to save money when they pay Ayuk, whether it's Bleacher Report, BR Gridiron, or random bloggers out there saying, I think the Texans would be a good spot for Ayuk. And the first thing always is they need a receiver being Houston and or San Francisco will save $14 million. They will literally save money retaining him. You don't, like, here's the thing. I love Ayuk. 
I've been at OTAs, minicamp. You've watched them on TV. I've watched them on TV. The dude cooks the best DBs and, and cornerbacks of every team he plays, unless it's the Chiefs. But you don't let that guy leave. Shanahan has drafted Dante Pettis and Danny Gray early in drafts, and they've been busts. He finally has a guy that is a great blocker. The first thing he wants is an excellent, if not the best, route runner in the entire league. Maybe it's Devontae, then it's Ayuk. You don't let that guy leave. And you have a guy that's come up clutch for you over and over and over again and been your leading target getter the past two years, who's ascending in his stats, ascending in his... Uh, performance ascending in his impact in your offense with the young quarterback that likes him the most that targets him the most they have some of the best chemistry in the NFL you don't let that guy leave for a first round pick why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with Royal Caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America you don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And let's be honest here. Who's trading a first-round pick for Brandon Ayuk just to have to pay him anyways in a draft class that has like 11 amazing receiver prospects there's a couple of teams that might make sense might make sense the Raiders make some sense they have the 12th most cap space the 11th overall pick but they already have Devontae and they have to have a quarterback and an offensive line like they have so many bigger needs than let's get a number two receiver and pay him number one money. And they're not trading the 13th overall pick for Brandon Ayuk. If you want a receiver that bad, you take Romo Dunes. You take, you take, there's so many good receivers in this draft, geez. Like, you can take anybody. Like, I would not be surprised if six receivers go in the first round. Seven receivers go in the first round. Time the record. Like, we've seen in recent years drafts that had Henry Ruggs and Judy and Ayuk and CeeDee Lamb and Jalen Rager and, and so many other receivers in the first round. And you're like, this, this receiving class is stacked. Same goes for this one. So if you're a team that's like, man, like, take, take the Bears. The Bears have two picks this, this year, right? And let's say they trade... The first overall pick. They keep Justin Fields. They trade back. They get a ton more picks. Maybe Ayuk makes sense for them there. Or what you do, since you're keeping Fields, you just draft another young receiver to put next to DJ Moore, and you can get a tackle later in the draft. An edge rusher later. Like, like it doesn't make sense for almost any team. Cap space-wise, because you have to pay Ayuk. Like... This, this is what's so frustrating with the offseason. People were just throwing off their BS on the loan. Like, I hope it sticks. I, I really hope this sticks. Ayuk wants to be a champion and wants to get paid. What team gives him that best chance? Kansas City. 
And San Francisco's not trading him there or San Francisco. <laughs> He's not going to Philadelphia. They can't afford him. He's not going to the, tro to, to the Lions. SF ain't trading him there. Like, it's literally, you want to be in Kansas City where you're never going to be because SF's not letting you go there, or you want to sign in San Francisco when you're in the playoffs or guaranteed to be in there almost every single year, and you've played in the Super Bowl twice. And you had it won twice. Like, Brandon Ayuk is going to be a San Francisco 49er this year and many years to come. Unless, unless he's like, I'm not playing for you. I want to play for this team, which I don't think Ayuk's going to do that. I understand that his brother or best friend said he wanted to be a Raider or going to Vegas, baby. You're not going to Vegas, Ayuk. You're just not. Like, I know it's all about, you know, how they manage, you know, we're just going to work the market here and we're going to say some things we actually don't mean. I mean, Devo Samuel said trade me. I mean, come on. Like, like, we all knew that wasn't going to happen. You know, the, whole, the Jets have a godfather offer for a fourth round pick and Debo, you're not getting moved. If Debo off an all pro year, Debo Samuel off an all pro year could only net you a third and a fourth round pick, in what world do you think that anybody's trading a first round pick for Brandon Ayuk? When his two biggest needs are getting paid, San Francisco can't afford to pay him and save money in the meantime, and winning. What team is guaranteed to win and get in the playoffs this year? San Francisco! <laughs> like, I get it. It's the offseason. People need content, and they're like, hmm, what can I drum up today? Gotta get this in. What conversations should we have today? Could San Francisco trade Brandon Ayuka? Could they? Sure. Could I have a bowel movement in five minutes? Yeah, anything's possible. Doesn't mean it will. Doesn't mean it will. Ayuk is going to stay in San Francisco, going to be lined up across Debo Samuel and George Kittle next year. They're going to have Trent Williams back and CMC back and Brock Purdy back. And like, it's so funny too, because the salary cap literally went up $30 million. Okay. So if that hadn't happened, then you have an honest conversation of, okay, like, this is going to be really tough to extend IU. We can save some money here, but it might not be enough. We have to cut somebody else. San Francisco is literally uh, under the cap right now. Like, they're in the green. They're in the green. Like, go look. They can, and, and even if they want to cut players, they've already cut one of them. They can restructure use check. They can extend use check. They can restructure Kittle. Restructure Trent Williams. They should extend Mooney Ward. He's 27 years old, off an all-pro season. One of the best cornerbacks in all football. You extend him, you save money. <laughs> like, guy, like, at the NFL, we make it so much more complicated than it needs to be. Money and contracts, and I get it. It's mumbo-jumbo sometimes. It's foreign language. It's lawyer speak sometimes. It's really not that complicated. For Ayuk, you want to win, you want to get paid. Which teams give you the best chance to do so outside of San Francisco? Not many. <laughs> Just KC. And every other team that you think might be in that category, 
They're not trading you to. They're not trading. San Francisco is so much more, I don't want to say open. It's more likely they let guys like Chase Young walk because I know he's your boy, Nick Bosa, but eh, too inconsistent. Like, there are plenty of players to let walk. You don't let go of an all-pro 25-year-old receiver that wants to get paid and win. That fits with your young quarterback who you don't have to pay. Like, it would go against everything we've been told by Kyle Shanahan, everything he's shown us. No block, no rock. Sorry, Danny Gray. Sorry, Dante Pettis. You're in the doghouse, right? You're in the doghouse. Ayuk, he blocks. He gets the rock the most of anybody on the team. He's your most consistent receiver and separator on the team. And because he is so, he gets Kittle and Debo open, which opens your offense up for your young quarterback going into year three. Like, it really is not that hard. And it's so funny that they show these posts of like, well, I don't know, like, better watch out. And I also hate this too, because people were like, well, trade Debo Samuel away. Why? I get it. People are angry because Debo got extended, had a bad year. Then in the Super Bowl, people are like, he quit on the team. Yeah. Do I think Debo checked out a little bit? I do. I really do. Like he looked bored on the sideline. He wasn't getting the ball. That's not good. But I'll say this to you. It doesn't change the fact that he was really good down the stretch last year. He was looking like all pro Debo before he got hurt against the Packers. He was your energy. He was your oomph, your power. And when you lost it, your offense was like, whoa, like we didn't know what to do. If anything, I'd be more angry at Kittle. (laughs) And I love George. George is great. He's awesome. But it's like, they're like, this team is not trading Debo. They're not trading Ayuk. They're not trading Kittle. In fact, this team is probably not going to trade anybody. Anybody. The quarterback room, probably going to be Purdy, Brandon Allen, and a rookie. Running back room, going to be CMC, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, and probably a rookie. Juice is your fullback. Your receivers next year? Ayuk, Debo. Probably going to bring back Jawan Jennings because guess what? They can also afford to. And if they don't, which I think they will, it's a second round tender for like $6 million. And guess what? If they're smart, they give him a three-year deal, give him the money he wants, and lower the cap again anyways. Did Ronnie Bell. Like, this team may lose... Some defensive players, Gregory, Chase Young, goodbye. You can find your young replacement elsewhere. You can sign a vet elsewhere. And look, the draft is what, two months away roughly? We'll dive into more of this later when that time comes. But their draft strategy is always trenches out offensive line or defensive line. McGlinchey, okay, McGlinchey, Kinlaw. Nick Bosa, that's three first-round draft picks, or right there, trenches out. Didn't have one 
the year after trading for Lance, quarterback being the outlier, because they don't need one now, was Drake Jackson. Boom, trenches out. Like, this team is fully in trenches. Ayuk was the outlier only because after that, or before him, they picked a trench player. <laughs> like, this year, probably going to be a tackle. This year, probably going to be an edge rusher. It makes sense. Those are both premier positions you gotta have a dog at. Right now, they don't have a dog at either one of those. Either they're gonna sign a right tackle or draft one. Either they're gonna sign a handful of edge rushers or draft one. Like, this Niners offseason is one of the more important ones, by far, but it's one of the more simplistically strategical ones I've ever seen. This team has not many needs, but a handful of them, at key positions, and they have 11 draft picks. Like, people on my Twitter, when I put out, I like Taj Washington from USC as like a day three, maybe late day two, most likely day three receiver. People were like, you have to get a right tackle. You're not taking a right tackle in the seventh round. <laughs> Sixth round. This team has never done that. They didn't even take one last year in the third round when they had to have one. It's going to be first round, second round, or bust for the trenches. Like, Spencer Burford is a fifth round right guard. How'd that work out for you? And I like Burford. I like him a lot. Look what happens. This team knows they have to fortify the offensive line. But, again, trade Debo. Trade Kittle. Get worse. Trade Ayuk. <laughs> Why? You have the ability to extend your stars, retain your stars, and still get better through the draft and be a free agency. You can restructure like seven people. I can almost guarantee you this. What's going to happen here is they're going to have like $30 million in cap space going into the draft. We're going to say, oh, Prog Marate, he's a genius. How'd they do that? And it's like, it's so obvious. <laughs> what do you mean, how'd they do that? <laughs> like, it's, it's a given. They're going to extend their stars, restructure them, keep kicking that can down the road because this team knows this core is not going to be together forever. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They have to get the right defensive coordinator in here to establish up front. That front seven has to be, you know, working in fluidity with the defensive coach. Back and forth, same brain. We're on the same page. Secondary will come together once that front seven comes together. You get Brandon Staley in here, they're going to get that front seven together. You're going to make Nick Bosa happy. You're going to get DPOI Nick Bosa next year. You're going to get the best out of Drake Jackson. You're going to get Hargrave and Armstead getting sacks again. I think they were early in the year right? Against Jacksonville. Oh, here we go. 
right? You're going to see that defense against the Buccaneers, that defense. You're going to have two playmaking safeties in the back, Hufunga and Jair Brown with two lockdown cornerbacks, Mooney Ward and Lenore. One at nickel, one on the outside. You have the secondary pieces to alter how you coach. Go get Brandon Staley. Get that front seven back end working again all together like a, like a well-oiled machine. Then because you have the money and a young quarterback like Brock Purdy who can't be extended for two more seasons, hence why you retain Ayuk. And here's the thing is that people are like, how are they going to pay for all that money in five years? Yes, teams look at things in the future. It's how you plan for the future. Literally, look at the Saints right now. The, the, the Saints the past 15 years, albeit they're in cap hell now, they have kicked that can down the road. The difference is they have made so many poor decisions. San Francisco's made some. They just stopped paying D Ford this year. Paid him all last season. They ain't paying him no more. That was a bad decision on their part. Drafting Kinlaw, albeit a good year this year, a bad decision. They've made some and they had to pay for them, but they can kick that can down the road. You can extend your stars, keep kicking that can. Then when those stars retire, they aren't good anymore, you move off of them, then you replace them with younger players. Hence why you have young Brock Purdy, not a big contract. Eventually... You're going to decide on CMC. You want to bring him back in two or three years. You want to restructure that contract. He's still a great player. A lot of tread on those tires, though. They're going to eventually draft or sign his replacement. It's going to happen in two or three years. You have to think of it this way. There's two timelines. I know Warrior fans are like, oh, I'm scared. Two timelines. Oh, no. Not Moody. Not Wiseman. Not Kaminga. Oh, God. In the NFL, you can think of two timelines. This is your long timeline. These are, you got to pay this guy and that guy and that guy and that guy. And, and you can go along that way, right? But in reality, it's a one-year thing. Because you, because 2024, do you want to sign Ayuk and Juwan Jennings and go bring back this guy, whatever, whoever it is, right? Happens this year. Then in 2025, you can make a buttload of changes to free up more money and push that can down the road and keep pushing that can down the road. The Chiefs are paying Mahomes like $50 million. <laughs> now, they have Mahomes, mind you, but still. San Francisco doesn't have to pay Mahomes. They're paying literally Brock Purdy under a million dollars. They can afford to retain practically everybody, restructure their stars, extend their stars. Like, this team is going to be intact for two or three more seasons. Now, you have to win. No one's saying you don't have to win. You have to win. But people should not panic. There's two timelines. There's the long view and the short view. The reality of it is, the long view might be, how do we bring back all these players? The reality of it is, 2024 is hard end. Take care of this year now, then next year then. Like, th this is really not that complicated, guys. It really isn't. I'm not saying you're saying it is, but... I see a lot of talk on Twitter. You gotta go bring back... It also doesn't mean that you can sign everybody either. This team is primarily going to be the exact same roster it was this past year. With 11 
more draft picks. That's what it's going to be. You have to hit on those draft picks, and we'll dive into who I like later, position by position, on a different date. But they're going to bring back Ayuk. His brother said he wants to be a Raider. He said he wants out. I don't care what his girlfriend, his wife, his partner, whatever she is. This could be our last day at Levi's. Great. No, it won't be. It won't be. Ayuk is going to be a Niner. Debo's going to be a Niner. You're not going to trade him. Brandon Staley, probably going to be that defensive coordinator, <laughs> to be honest with you. You may hate that, but it's probably going to happen. I just don't want Niner fans to get caught up in the, well, I saw this headline on YouTube. Well, I saw my favorite Niner content creators say they might trade this guy. Yeah, they might. They might. I mean, they will. It's unlikely this team makes these crazy hasty moves. Like, yes, during the season, they acquired Chase Young and Randy Gregory. You want to know why they did that? Because they freed up cap space last offseason by extending and restructuring their players. Why would it be any different this offseason? Why? Like, it's a genuine question. Like, why would this offseason be any different? They know they have the team to win. They've had it won twice. Why change anything? Yes, go get a right tackle. Yes, go draft some med rushers. Yes, fix right guard. Don't bring back Feliciano. Him and Burford have beef. Don't make sure make sure Burford's not your starter. I'm, I'm, I'm all cool with that. But this team is going to be relatively the same. And guess what? They're going to be good. Again. So whenever I see headlines of like, this is the ninth Brandon Ayuk update. Does he want out? Oh, the Bucks could be a destination. No. Like, just stop. Take it. Take a step back. It's NFL Combine Week, folks. You get to watch guys run in their spandex. Isn't that fun? <laughs> like, we have plenty of time to work this thing out. No need to panic. This week, they will hire a new defensive coordinator. That is step one. Then it becomes the draft process. I can almost guarantee you, they're going to draft a tackle. They're probably going to draft two interior offensive linemen. They're going to draft a cornerback. They're going to draft a receiver. They're probably going to draft a quarterback. I can almost guarantee you they're going to draft two edge rushers. Like, this team's makeup and what they need is so abundantly clear that they're not going to lose who they have and they're only going to add. They may lose a John Feliciano. They could lose, like Eldon Mr. Paul Sr. says here, they could lose Kinlaw. They could lose Chase Young. Kinlaw has a massive injury history. I'm not paying someone after one healthy season. It's not happening. Now, a cheap option for one year, maybe. You're not getting big bucks. Chase Young, it's because you had one great game in the Super Bowl don't mean you're getting big money from me. Never be a sucker, right? You don't want to be that sucker. Let somebody else be that sucker. Let the Colts... Well, let's see I don't be that team. Go ahead and get Chase Young. There were a lot of games this year he was not in that box score. A lot of games. That isn't everything. A lot of games. And I like Chase Young, but 
he would look like a replacement level third round pick for a lot of his tenure in San Francisco outside of the Super Bowl. This is the case. I need consistency. God, like, go bring back Clellan Farrell over Chase Young. You got to do it. You got to do it over Chase Young. Go draft a guy or two. Like, we have a long time till a draft. So don't sit back and say, oh, I'm so stressed over who they're going to bring back. Can they, can, they afford, can they afford to pay that guy? Yes, they can. Yes. This team is already under the cap. They're going to extend players, restructure them, and save money in the meantime. Like, they rolled over like $40 million this year. That can happen again. <laughs> like, I would... I strongly believe they're going to either extend or restructure use check, free up some money, and Trent Williams, probably Debo. Like, they are going to do everything in their power to make this thing work. It's a very easy conversation. Hey, Trent Williams, you're 36 years old. You're an old guy. That foot of yours might explode might explode, and I can guarantee you, you've already tasted what a Super Bowl feels like. To be there, do you want to actually win one? Help us re-sign Ayuk, please. Hey, Kyle Juszczyk, you're a fullback. Take a pay cut, please. We'll give you two more years on your contract. We have to bring back Jawan Jennings, our best player in the playoffs this past season. Okay, I'll do that. It's very simple. <laughs> like, it's just funny to me. I'll, I'll always see on social media, you know, oh, oh, they can't afford to pay that guy. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And it would be, it would be a betrayal of Kyle Shanahan to not re-sign Brandon Ayuk. Everything you want in a player, your guy. Go watch that draft day video. He's like, oh my God, my guy. He's clapping. He's smiling. He's doing the do do do. Like he's out there dancing. He's like, I got my boy, Blue, you're my boy. But he got Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> He's not letting him leave. He's not letting him leave. Ayuk is here to stay. He will be a San Francisco 49er for years to come. This team will still be good, and they'll hire their new defensive coordinator later this week. And when it happens, and it's probably going to be Brandon Staley, even if it's not, we'll be here talking about it, reacting to it, and diving into which players might fit that system, how the new defensive coordinator is going to change things for the defense. Steve Wilkes is gone. What's this new guy going to bring to the table? Going to dive into all of that when it occurs later this week because the Combine, guys in spandex, you got to make sure your coaches are in the building for that. When it happens, come right back here, X on Twitter, on YouTube. You don't want to miss the show. My name is Sterling Bennett. Hoping you can leave a like, a share, and a subscribe on YouTube or on the audio podcasting platforms. Don't forget to follow us on social media at 49ers underscore access is X or on Twitter. 49ers.access is the Instagram and because I'm a courteous person, San Francisco likes to restructure money. I want to give you a free discount so you can save your money as well. Go on SeatGeek.com, whether it's a basketball game, whether it's a spring training baseball game, a concert you want to go to, maybe it's the XFL. 
Use our promo code 49ersaccess, 49ersaccessgeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. Thank you everybody in the chat. Engage eight, Eldon M. Paul Sr. We got Bobo in here. We got Daniel Berry Sports Highlights. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Stay tuned. New DC being announced later this week. And as always, this has been the 49er Access Podcast. And stay faithful.